Our first reading comes to us from the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verses 5 through 22. Listen for the word of the Lord. The Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind was great in the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made humankind on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out from the earth the human beings I've created, people together with animals and creeping things and birds of the ear, for I am sorry that I made them. But Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. These are the descendants of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted its ways upon the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I'm going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, and its width, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and put the door in the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For my part, I'm going to bring a flood on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you. And you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your son's wife with you. And every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, and every creeping thing on the ground according to its kind. Two of every kind shall come into you to keep them alive. And take with you every kind of food that is eaten, and store it up, and it shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. This is the word of the Lord. Our scripture reading continues with the story of Noah through the book of Genesis. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent out the raven. And it went to and fro over the waters until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent out the dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set its foot, and it returned to him and to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took it and brought it into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening. And there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove, and it did not return to him anymore. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animals of the earth with you. 
as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall be made a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between us, between me and you and every living creature that is with you, for all future generations. I've set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign for the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I'll remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all the flesh And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Friends, today is one of my favorite days of the year. Today is the day that once again we have NFL football. After the long drought that's been there since February, our teams are playing once again. And unless you're a fan of the Atlanta Falcons, your team is undefeated right now. (laughs) Hopefully we can still say that next week. Now, I've got kind of a guilty pleasure when it comes to the NFL. It's something that's not widely known. It's not something that's advertised. But during the past few years, during the Pro Bowl, they've set something up called the NFL Bad Joke Telling Contest. And they get two NFL players, and they put a table in between them, and they play paper, rock, scissors to see who's going to go first. And they tell terrible jokes trying to make the other one laugh. Jokes like, what do you call a, hit, a haunted chicken? A poultry geist. So you say, <laughs> Penny would be out. <laughs> and so you see these big hulking men telling these terrible jokes, trying to make each other laugh. And there were two jokes that have come up in the past few years that I had to start today with. And the first was, the player looked at the other one and said, do you need an ark? Because I know a guy. Yeah, and that's often the reaction. And, and then the second joke was, where did Noah keep the bees? In the archives. See, yeah, they're, they're terrible jokes, but we're talking about Noah today, so we had to start with some bad jokes about Noah. There are so many of them. I titled today's sermon, The Rainbow Connection, after the song by the Muppets. One of my favorite Muppet songs and there's a line in it that says, why are there so many songs about rainbows? And today we're going to be talking about Noah and the ark and the rainbow. Now today we return to the narrative lectionary where we trace the overarching story of Scripture beginning in Genesis and going throughout the New Testament. 
During the fall, we'll be looking at, at the Old Testament, at the prophets, at, at different events. And in Advent and at Christmas, when Christ is born, we'll transition into the New Testament. And unlike previous years, this year the narrative lectionary doesn't begin quite at the beginning, but begins with Noah. Now, Noah is the first major character we meet after Adam and Eve and their children. Their descendants, it traces them along, and then it comes to Noah. And when Noah's story opens, God is disgusted with humanity. God is grieved with humanity. Humanity has given itself over to wickedness. Wickedness fills humanity's heart. And to give you an idea of how pained God is by this, the word grieved in Hebrew is the same one used to describe the pain that women experience during childbirth. God is heartbroken over the violence over the pain that humanity is inflicting upon the earth and upon each other. Now again, going back to the Hebrew, when it says the violence, this encompasses injustice, flouting of the moral order, violation of others, and murder. The descendants of Adam and Eve were not good people. So God decides to start new. God decides that the world is beyond fixing and just to flood the whole thing. But I don't think this is necessarily seen as destruction. If we go back to the beginning of Genesis, we see that God created the earth out of watery chaos. And so that's what God is doing, is returning the earth to watery chaos. God is starting anew. And if we're honest, this is what humanity was working towards. Chaos. If we look at the wickedness of humanity, all we have to do is open a newspaper today and we see chaos throughout the world. God is saying, if you want chaos, you can have chaos. But God saw Noah, and Noah was righteous in God's sight. Noah walked beside God. So God decided that through Noah and his family, humanity would continue. So God gave Noah instructions on how to build an ark. And they're very specific instructions. I've had woodworking plans that aren't this specific before. He tells God tells Noah the exact size, the height, the length, the depth, where to put the door. And Noah goes about building the ark. And the rains come and the earth floods. And there's Noah with two of every creature on this boat. And after 40 days, the rain stops. And Noah sends out a raven to see if there's any dry land, but the raven comes back empty-handed. So Noah waits seven more days and sends the dove out. Eventually, the dove returns with an olive leaf, telling Noah that there is vegetation. So he sends the dove out seven days later, and the dove doesn't return. And Noah knows it's safe to dock the ark and to disembark with his family and the animals. And there God says, Never again will I flood the earth, killing all flesh and all creatures. Never again will I harm creation like I have today. And God said, look to the sky. 
look and see the beautiful rainbow. This will be the sign of the covenant between humanity and God. But here's the thing about that covenant. Covenant's a nice churchy word. We use it often. And it means an agreement between two parties. It means a solemn presence. But if you look at this covenant, God is the only one bound by it. God puts no stipulation on humanity. God is the one that promises to protect and to watch over humanity, no matter what humanity does. In this covenant, God moves from no longer only being creator, but also protector. And the rainbow is there to serve as a reminder that God watches over us, that God protects us, that God will no longer flood the entire earth, will no longer try to take us back to uncreation. It's there as a reminder that God remembers. When there is no hope in sight, God remembers. When all seems lost, God remembers. God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the birds and all the slithering things that were on the ark. Even when, unlike Noah, there is not a happy ending for us, God remembers. When crucifixion ends in death, God remembers. When we shake our fist at a seemingly unempty sky, God remembers. The ark, the flood, especially the rainbow, all remind us that God remembers. And this is important. When we are in the midst of our own personal floods, when we are hanging on for dear life to a piece of wood so that we aren't swept under the waters, when we are clinging with everything we have so we don't drown, God remembers. And we are not alone. And that's what the, rema- the rainbow reminds us. That God remembers us. That God promises to watch over us. That God is present with us. That when we face the trials and tribulations that life brings, God remembers. And when there is a, not a happy ending, we can still face death with dignity knowing that we will be resurrected because God remembers. There's a story about a four-year-old little boy and his mom who went out for a walk after a rain shower. As they're walking along, they see a rainbow up in the sky. And the little boy goes, Mommy, Mommy, look! Can we take that home and put it up in our house? That night, his mom was thinking about that, and she was inspired to write the poem, There's a Rainbow in My House. And it reads, There's a rainbow in my house, 
It stole in, quiet as a mouse. But in the middle of the night, when no one was in sight, I saw it playing on the wall and dancing down the hall. There's a silver moon outside, a rainbow playing inside. What could be more right on yet another phantom night? A rainbow in my house. What does it look like to be the body of Christ in the light of the rainbow? What would it look like for our faith community, for the United Parish of Bowie, to put a rainbow in our house? How would that look to the world? How would that look to us? What would it be like to be a living embodiment, a living reminder of God's promise and God's presence? What would it take, look like to take that covenant that God made with humanity to always watch over, to always love, to always protect, to always be present, and put it here for everybody to see? How would it change worship for you every Sunday if you came in and saw that rainbow reminding you of God's presence and God's promise? More importantly, how would you act when you leave here having just seen that, carrying that reminder into the world? The late poet Anne Weems once wrote a poem, Reaching for Rainbows. I keep reaching for rainbows. Thinking one God's morning I will wake up with rainbow ribbons in my hair. The world created in a myriad of colors. The hungry fed. The dying held. The maimed walking. The angry stroked. The violent calmed. The oppressed freed. The oppressor changed. And every tear wiped away. I know the promise of the rainbow. I keep thinking I'll turn a corner one day and find a litany of rainbows flung across the sky, hosannaing back and forth. It's a promise when we become rainbows to each other. In the Rainbow Connection, Kermit the Frog sang, Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And the answer to his questions is to remind us of God's presence and to remind us of God's promise and to remind us that as followers of Christ, we are to embody that presence and promise to each other and to the world. Amen.